Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, in today's episode, I'm being joined by Roger Tijek, who is the Country Manager, UK and Ireland at ID Now, a provider of AI-based technology that can check all security features on ID documents. So, Roger, welcome to the podcast and thank you very much for joining me today. Well, thank you very much for the invite and it's a pleasure to be here. I think a good starting off point, if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners a bit of background on yourself before we dive into today's topic... Uh, yeah, sure, of course. So, uh, I mean, as you rightly said, I'm the I'm the country manager for ID Now. I mean, we as ID Now, as you uh, also kind of touch up upon, we provide various different products around identity verification, whether that is AI based, whether that is um, video verification, and also e-signing on the top of that. So, we're kind of a suite to really provide companies the right products to have the right processes in place, and especially now in these times, to do everything remotely. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's it's such an interesting area and such a growing area as well. And one thing that we're going to be speaking about today is because ID Now is currently in talks with the UK government about creating immunity passports for people who have recovered from COVID-19. So an interesting area to delve into and kind of uncharted territory. I've got to admit, this isn't my forte of knowledge. So I'm excited to kind of learn from yourself and find out. And I think a good starting off point for that is if you could give us a bit of background on what these immunity passports and IDs now canvassy is in this whole scheme. So essentially, there isn't, let's say, a very clear definition yet as to what immunity passports will be like. But essentially, the idea is that obviously, we want life to go on again and to kind of be back in our normality and kind of travel for business as we were doing previously. And really, I mean, what those immunity passports will be able to provide is to prove that you are essentially, you know, fit to travel and that you wouldn't obviously pass on the disease. So that's essentially the idea of the immunity passports. But however, obviously, there's a lot of questions from many different sides as to if they would be really successful. But, you know, that is essentially the idea behind immunity passports. What's kind of holding people back or what are the kind of main issues that you're facing at the moment? I think from our side, essentially, we were less involved into, uh, let's say, when it comes to the results and the and the testing, because we are solely focusing on the identity verification of essentially the people who would be applying for an immunity passport, which means that we would be proven that it is actually the person who they say they are. And how the results are essentially then attached to that person, that is essentially up to the government, how they want to manage it. So we solely focus on the fact that we really want to say, okay, Roger Tijic is Roger Tijic and his documents are valid and he is the person who is saying he is. But one of the things that need to be clear is essentially you know, the data on if you had COVID-19, would you be essentially immune against it or not? And, you know, the data is not there to provide a very clear answer because in the end of the day, if you're doing something like immunity passports, you should be very clear on how essentially that looks and has to be 100%. So I guess that's the mm-hmm. main issue right now around it. And there's obviously others like, you know, data privacy. Uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't that long time ago that the UK said no to a national ID. And I imagine if you don't really change your approach really to that, uh, it, it you know, it, it will be the same result without a doubt. So there just needs to be 
really a focus on what does an immunity passport really mean. And as of now, it's not very clear. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's understanding more of what the language means and giving people a better idea because at the moment, again, the arguments that came up with the national IDs is going to come up with this, as you say, and it, it's it's going to be difficult to try and sway one way or the other without that kind of educational purpose. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Another area I wanted to kind of talk to you about is obviously what ID now does, you know. So how exactly does the identity verification technology work with your company? Essentially, there's two basic means as to what we can do. So essentially, you have our very classic. So, so essentially, ID now is headquartered in Germany. And um, as people might know, in Germany, the KYC requirements are a lot stricter than they are here in the UK. So in Germany, you'd have to do a video verification which means essentially it's a face-to-face call um, with a real person that is provided by ourselves. And also the software behind it is also provided by ourselves. So essentially within those steps, we'll be able to prove that it is really the person. So that is one of the essentially methods that we can use. And also on the second side, we also use what we call an auto-ident, which is an automated verification procedure, which uses essentially AI and also machine learning to determine if an ID is essentially valid if the person are who they say they are and to really kind of deeply look into holograms and kinograms etc to make sure that the id the driving license or the passport is really a real id because obviously there's also a lot of fraudsters out there Mm -hmm. and uh, we are essentially preventing and fighting those fraudsters for other companies it's an exciting space in terms of the technology and where it's kind of heading in the future and, and what's going to be coming out of it. Have you noticed many challenges? Like what has been the main kind of drawbacks for a lot of people and for a lot of organizations implementing? I think what we saw actually, and that was the biggest change, is that the uptake in solutions like ours has gone up massively in the past weeks because obviously you can't, in many countries still to this day, you know, you can't really be face to face with them. So I mean, enough today, a lot of companies just focused on identifying people just by looking at an ID and just looking at the person saying, oh, yes, okay, you are the person you are. But, you know, not many people actually trained to spot an example fraud on IDs and on documents themselves. So essentially companies just used a, you know, very kind of old tactic of, uh, you know, glancing over an ID and kind of looking at the person to determine who they're saying they are. And essentially, obviously, now it's, it's not that much possible. So everyone will be digitalizing that process, whether that is in HR, whether that is in the actual business that they have, whether that's financial services and mobility and gambling or betting, they all have to remotely onboard customers and safely and also in a very quick manner, obviously, for their customers as well. Because the competition in the e-commerce space or let's say in the internet space, whether that's digital banking, whether that's gambling or betting, whether that's mobility to sell cars, whatever it is, you know, there's so much competition out there that, and you know, today, if you don't provide a really cool process that works for the customer, they will go somewhere else. And that's what a lot of companies are thinking right now, which is, you know, positive to see because they're essentially really trying to be more innovative and I guess caring for that whole onboarding journey of their customers. And also we spoke at the beginning about the pandemic and, and the reason for a lot of this kind of stuff coming in. From your perspective, and obviously ID Now's perspective, have you noticed any changes or observed any in how customer digital behavior? 
Oh yes, we have, and we also released a report about it as well. So essentially, we saw a huge demand in crypto exchanges. So a lot of people essentially are trading for crypto at the time, and we also saw a vast increase of using loan products, which in the end of the day wasn't a massive surprise because you know people essentially worried about having enough money because no one knew what the extent of this was going to be or is going to be. I mean, we still don't know it. Mm. But you know that was the two main things. But also we saw a shift in kind of when people really were opening accounts or um, essentially doing the verifications, and actually it kind of switched to Monday and Tuesday rather than being towards the weekend. So the uptake really was between Monday, Tuesday between four and seven p.m. So that was the crunch time for everyone to really apply for products or buy anything, which essentially again is not a huge surprise because everyone's started working from home and obviously had a little bit more time because they didn't have the massive commute maybe that they had in the past. It's amazing to kind of see that shift, isn't it, of people's attitudes and how quickly people can adapt. I'm, I'm surprised to hear about the, the crypto uptake as well. That's quite an interesting development. Yeah, I think you can also obviously go further and say, you know, investment products also had an uptake. And it's again, I guess, not a not a massive surprise, I would say, because people in of today saw massive opportunities in the stock market to, you know, buy stock cheap because it obviously crashed at one point. And obviously also investment products are, you know, so easy to to obviously you know get. I mean Obviously, you know, naming one would be, you know, trading two on two as I kind of seem to get the same ad on YouTube every time I watch a video. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's so easy now to just maybe charge your account with, you know, 20 pounds and just buy a fraction of a share, you know, and that obviously wasn't possible if we think back to the last financial crash and, you know, and it was really kind of a little bit more clunky and, you know, you had to buy full shares. But obviously, uh, I guess also people are now trying to, maybe make the money work for them, as you say. So, you know, in enough today, everyone kind of had more time to read into things. And it's quite interesting to see actually how the behavior of us as, you know, humans is essentially, you know, changing. I mean, who would have thought that probably, I guess, 50% out of my friend circle owned actually shares in some companies, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, but that's how quickly the world moves and obviously just got to make the best out of it adapt and change and just work whatever's going at the time so it it makes sense and to kind of add on to that as well i don't think it's a stretch to say that this is probably the most digitally accelerated the world has become at once it's become very fast very sudden so would i be right presuming that id now has experience you know an increased demand as a result and if that is the case what sectors are you kind of seeing this Yes, absolutely. I mean, the demand or the increase in demand is actually very positive and has been to some extent also very surprising that it's that much. So essentially, you know, we had a look at the numbers and overall the demand, an example for our automated identification, so our auto ident product has gone up by 1000%. So um, we're doing the tenfold of verifications that we've done an example last year. And this is not just obviously on, let's say, you know, consumer products type of things that have gone up. So essentially, obviously, the surge that we've seen was in financial services and also you know, gambling and betting because in enough today, we kind of entered uh, the market of, of 
gambling and betting only last year and we have already managed to sign five actually very big operators who just you know saw our product and thought you know it is very good and then compares very well to the competition so that obviously on one side but then obviously on the other if you're a very transparent company which we are to any of our customers we don't hide any numbers whatsoever everything is you know freely accessible really then you obviously on their radar straight away because you know in enough today you know the industry that we're in identity verification there might be a lot of companies in but it's a small world because you know people talk and the good words also spread very quickly which we obviously saw and obviously the uptake in our products has been very positive and as i said i mean financial services and gambling and betting the volumes there have exponentially grown those growth numbers are kind of crazy to see, but of course, fantastic for, for you guys. So that's excellent. And I think it's fair to say going forward, it's highly likely that we will remain more digitally driven than before. And, you know, with your increased demand, does the organization have any plans for the future or where you hope this is going to be going? Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, in enough today, look, I mean, every company obviously has has their own processes and, you know, sometimes they're very old and obviously they're not very future proof, right? So what we are trying to do with our products is always to be future proof. And if we look at our product portfolio, you know, we're working towards the next, you know, three years already, which means we will maybe have things, you know, um, such as uh, reusable identities. So you can, you know, reuse that verification of your identity with other providers, but it has to be seen how this will be regulated because it's obviously a huge talking point about digital identities and how can you create them. But in my opinion, this should be then regulated and also led by the governments themselves, because if you give it to a you know private company, it will be very impartial and mm-hmm. many will be left out. So you know, after that, you cannot just from one day to another erase a whole industry because one company has got the whole, uh, let's say, benefit of it. So uh, that's the same partial. But obviously for the future, the things that we're focusing on is really to you know drive our AI-based products even further. And, you know, in enough today, you know, to make it as cost efficient and as quick as possible, really. So, again, driving the hybrid approach that we have for now is also very important because in enough today, you know, you can have the best software, but, you know, frauds has always seemed to find a way after a time past something. And, you know, essentially the hybrid approach that we have, that it is obviously mainly machine, but then also partly human, makes a totally different experience for the company. Because in the past, we have caught a lot of fraudsters and we have reported them. So in the end of the day, you know, that's our main role is really to, you know, keep the bad guys out, but also be very friendly to the good guys and, and to onboard them as quick as possible. So, you know, these are really our aims, you know, to be as accessible, as safe, yeah, as secure as possible, really. Which I think are solid goals and something a lot of companies should be and hopefully are striving for. So it's an exciting space, as I've said throughout, and it's exciting to see where it kind of grows. And I think it is an industry that will just grow and grow as more people are looking for easier options for verification. So very exciting space. And Roger, I uh, wish you guys all the best. And thank you for coming on today's podcast and talking to me. No, thanks very much. I really appreciate it. And obviously all the best as well to you guys. 
Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this. We appreciate you joining us. If you want to learn more information on what we've talked about today, make sure you head on over to idnow.io. We'll be back next week with another episode in our Ask the Expert series. Until then, make sure you go follow the conversation on our socials at Ian360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And of course, for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 